You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, the last one of Tafshin Payalif, this must be Rizcho Dalhusa. I don't know, it's Osir Legazim, uh, but uh, especially, uh, you know, at a Hesped, but um, I still am with the, uh, the the king of the hill, the my, my best buddy, the Sarah Tater. Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Becha for the last time in Tavshin Bayalis. Rabbi Yosef, I know last year we were talking about all what was happening during COVID. Um, I don't want this program to have a, a, a such a, a, a like a very you know, quick shelf life, and hopefully you know we're going to pass by COVID. But I guess I should first. Uh, go through the uh, housekeeping. So, are you going to be davening in your usual mokayim or what? No, I invited the Troy to be with the mother-in-law. Aha, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. Kibudayim. And, um, and over there, you're going to have the schluss to daven by uh, one of our great heroes, Rav Shmuel? There's one, where my mother-in-law lives, there's one shul. They don't live in that part of town. Young Israel Southfield. I'm going to be diving in a young Israel. This, this, uh, oh, shut up. Perhaps Yom Kippur and Sukkot too. I don't know yet. Uh, oh, you, you're bringing your stender? You're bringing... I asked about bringing my stender, and they said I could bring your stender, yes. <laughs> I figured. I figured. And, uh, and, and Ms. Tommy, you're going to bring up a white sheet to cover the stender with, right? I don't know. I'm not that big, big on those things. Maybe I will. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, people should. Castle have... gets away. The gets away the sparring, you know. Gets. Yeah, but uh, uh, Shmata on there. Ah. Well, I'm sure the 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 Tvilis will the, of the whole Kehillah will be. Look, okay, that hopefully this close to being there for my mother-in-law. That's a source, Yes, that yeah. source should be something. And of course, the Kehillah will look and see that that one of the Gedele Yisrael is davening with them. So this would be, of course, yeah. also a give yeah, them yeah. his. Yeah. If they were here, it'd be nice. Sure, yeah. You know, one of the things, you know, people always ask you, where are you davening? And it's so different now, I guess, during COVID. Are you going to be davening in an outside minion? Are you just, what's your shul deciding on? Are you going to be masked or not masked? We thought these questions were going to be over. Um, so but I, I want to deal with something that bothered me when I was a kid. Um, I learned the Nary Yisrael, as everybody knows. Um, and... Uh, I, I very nice of you. Like, obviously, since it's Arab Rosh Hashanah, you're going to call it Neri Yisrael. That's very nice of you. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't call it Neri Yisrael today. Okay, that's right. Um, well, I talked about, you know, when I was learning there, I guess I I, I have to give it to Cheshivas that I did learn there. And uh, I learned by Rav Yechen and Zweig in, in Miami. Um, of course, also in the Mirror in New York and in Eretz Yisrael. The Mirror in New York Eretz Yisrael, of course, I, I, I don't count at this point. Um, but the two yeshivas that I felt I was connected to in a strong way um, as a bocher. What happened during Yom Neroyim was an incredible influx. A, a, it was sort of like you didn't have the same seat anymore. You didn't have the same place. There were people you didn't know. And I, I discovered as a young high school fellow that people had come back to be in the yeshiva, the alumni people from 5, 10, 20 years ago, uh, people that we didn't even know or see, people who came from across uh, the, the, the continent to be able to be in the yeshiva and to daven once again 
whether whoever was the Baltfila, whether it's Rabshefto Zakhanovracha, to hear Rabbi Newberger's Kol Nidre. Um, and I understand, you know, looking back on it, you know, why there was an emotional connection to that. I'm just wondering. Uh, I, I, I know I just spoke to a Rosh Hashiva here in, in New Jersey, and he told me the same thing that during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Naroyim, all the uh, alumni come back. It's a wonderful thing to find your identity with the people you were, uh, the, the people you grew with, the people that were part. But I think a person has an achrayas once he leaves the yeshiva um, to recognize that he's gone and that the bochum that are there need the complete experience as much as possible. When these, and again, I, I don't deny that when they would, when, for example, let's talk about Skokie. We had a similar thing in Skokie. You, did you come to Skokie during Yom Naroyim? Were you ever there during Yom Naroyim? I think maybe my last year. Uh-huh. Okay. So we were together, of course, in, in the Great Base Medical Theater and, and Skokie Yeshiva. And there, there was uh, a person, there wasn't a large amount of, of guys coming back, but there was one person who came um, who I don't think was part of the Yeshiva, but we knew that he was a Malach, and that was Rabbi Meir Yuchat Tzeichat Tzadik Livrocha who was, of course, uh, one of the great, bigger Tamir HaChachamim in Chicago. I don't know if you were Zeichet to ever speak to Rabbi Yuchat in learning, but uh, I had this supposed to speak with him a, a number of times in learning. And he, of course, was considered big, big, even in Europe before the war, considered it a Rizadika Iliyash Balkishran, maybe an Ili itself. And of course, he lost all his family. I know it meant a lot for the Bukharm and Skokie to see uh, the dogma of a of a yid and Ayyad Hashem, Baal Yisurin, Tzadik in a certain sense, but where it's overwhelmed by all of the influx of all these people, I, I think it, it ruins in many ways the experience. It makes the Bukhar, who is now in this yeshiva, he feels during Yom Naroyim that, okay, I haven't earned my stripes, I guess I just have to, I have a different seat, and the tefillah becomes about the the alumnus, uh, the alumni, and not the Bachram themselves, and they lose, I believe, the involvement. What do you think? Am I am, am I onto something here or not? Um, probably not. Um, only because uh, we have to go back to um, to our uh, role model, Rabbi Avraham Elia. Avraham Elia used to go back to Slabotka every year for Yamin Roim. Those four years, four brief years, he was in the Hildesheimer Seminary. And we know that the altar had Rav Putner room with uh, Rav Bramelia. As a matter of fact, Rav Putner actually wrote one of the spadim on uh, Rav Bramelia in one of the uh, volumes of uh, Hanamon, which was devoted to his memory five years after his patira. And uh, it, it, it may well be that we're not, we, our yeshivas nowadays don't handle it the right way, which I think is more of the issue. And that the alumni do not necessarily interact in a way which has Rashpa and perhaps just see the Bakram as a nuisance. But I know also that when I was in near Israel for the 50th anniversary, and uh, they brought back a, 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 a bunch of Gedoli Torah, and they brought a bunch of alumni. And actually, it was very fascinating to hear the alumni speak, and the uh, various different alumni, and that they want to contribute. And I think that the fact that the yeshivas perhaps don't make use of the alumni the way they should does not mean that it's not a good idea. Okay. Also, no, no one's denying that 
to meet the alumni at these special events is probably significant to know what type of yeshiva you're at. But for a book, especially in a place like Nair Yisrael or, or even Miami or any of the yeshivas that want to imitate or tap into what we know was the great Lithuanian derech, they need to get the maximum there. And, and I think you're right. I, I remember uh, the, the, the alumnus, the alumni that, you know, there was almost like a, uh, a, a territorial feeling that they had. This was my seat. This is where I'm going to be sitting. This is where I am every Yom Naroyim. I, 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 I think it makes a bocher feel uh, like he doesn't count, even though he's the one who's there day and night. Let, let, let's talk about Chicago for a minute. So about Chicago. We know a place that I know you love dearly. Uh, in Chicago, there is, of course, a sniff of, 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 of a, of a mokum that you know quite a bit about, which, of course, the sniff of Chicago, the sniff of tells. They right? get very upset you call it a sniff nowadays. They officially lost the, 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 uh, shed, the title of sniff about a few decades ago. Oh, I guess, well, there's more reason for them to be upset. But that's what I remember it was called. It's called the sniff. And the reason was because they sent, of course, some of the B'nai Aliyah, Rav Shmeltzer, Zohar Noah Rocha, Rav Chaim, Zohar Noah Rocha, and Rav Keller, Zohar Noah Rocha, to start the sniff. Again, Rav Keller came the second year. However, that worked. We talked about that in a previous podcast. Um, but the many of the who were matzliach in the sniff, ended up living in Chicago. Because as you know, Chicago is a pretty good place to live, right? It's, it's easier than New York. And a lot of these, these New Yorkers who became fina b'nei teira undertells moved into homes in the Chicago area and became in many ways choshev choshev balabatim and mefarn seitera, but they started shows like the Aguda or Beistfila uh, or other places. Some of them hired you. But the point is, is that, no, but on Yom Narayim, those shows emptied out and they walked the two miles or whatever it was back to the old neighborhood to Davin and the Yeshiva again. Now, this always struck me as so strange. I don't mind if that's where they were always. But the, the, I, the complete shift from where I am in my shul, I'm going to abandon my shul and go to my yeshiva. Doesn't that do something also? Doesn't that send a message to the other people in the shul, like the ones who weren't part of the yeshiva? You dive with a person year in and year out, day in and day out. Doesn't it make sense that, that they should also be there uh, on the yoyim of Amlocha, Sakadish Baruch It's part of a kehillah, right? That... that if, if that's their shul every Shabbos, that's where I daven. I daven in my yeshiva. But it, 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 to me, there was a certain dissonance there as well. Are you going to disagree about this as, also? Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree completely, but I'm going to disagree partially, which is that, you know, there are, I don't think there is one right answer here. And this is a, an Elu Elu type of uh, issue. And uh, uh, of course, the plenty of bachos should not be displaced and not made to feel second fiddle. That's for, for sure the case. But um, with the, at the same time, unlike uh, unlike perhaps me and you, uh, a lot of bachos should feel they are some uh, sense of respect and deference to the alumni who are 
went out and represent the yeshiva out in the field. I don't know, nowadays, I don't think people necessarily have that same type of loyalty to yeshiva, which once existed, perhaps haven't had it for a long time. But if you went to yeshiva, one yeshiva represented who you are, and I guess in a place like Tells, that certainly is true still today. So then, Tells, maybe not, I assume it's true. So then, yes, it's, it's something majestic and something positive to see yourself as part of this uh, historical line of alumni and of uh, people who have accomplished, who can you, you can set up for yourself as role models and people to emulate. So um, I, I'm not disagreeing with you that if, if it's mishandled, it's a bad thing. But if it's handled properly, which I, for all I know, tell Chicago or somebody else they do handle properly, not like your experience in Nary's throw. So then I think it's a positive thing. I think. Uh, well, what about the, you? I think you're skipping or missing the point of what I just said. And it's all right if you were, because you have other things on your mind. Um, but the, the, I, what about it? Look, you want a yeshiva davening, you want to daven the way you did in yeshiva. So either go to the yeshiva or create your own yeshiva binyan and stick with it throughout Yom Naroyim as well. But you're part of sort of an aguda minion, which is not as yeshivish or it has a shtickle balabah. You you, you're saying they have to dive in every week in the yeshiva to make them uh, right to dive in the yeshiva and Yom Naroyim? ridiculous? What I'm saying is like this, is that it's an abandonment of the shul that they but are... I think, oh, sorry, say that in a different tack. You're saying... The same, but the people go to Uman for Rosh Hashanah, they're abandoning their, their shuls and there's these people. Oh, I, I, you, you pick the most extreme situation, but yeah, that's also an abandonment as well. Yes, yes. it is. So uh, obviously, uh, if, if a person, they are not going to have a meaning without you and you're, or, or you're some other way you are essential. So then, of course, it's a, a treason. To leave the shul. Everybody's essential. On Yom Naroyim, everyone who, who can who can who can beat soyek with tshuva, tefillah, tzlaka, everyone who shows himself davening longer than usual, everyone who comes and vinches a gutior with edelkeit, you want to have that person in your shul. That that person, you know, right? It, it, it doesn't that add what I, if I was the rov of the shul and I had twenty yeshiva shavalabatim who were part of yeshiva a couple of miles away, and then they abandoned it on on Yom Naroyim. I would feel that the the kishkas of the shul got taken out. No. Well, the question is why the shuls are are, are not attracting these people. Well, why I, the shuls aren't keeping them? They're keeping them, but uh, uh, what happens is is that they're. The, the little voice in their head says, oh, it's Yom Neroyim. Oh, I can't just dive into my normal show where we dive in Shmon Esrei, the Chazar, where the still Shmon Esrei takes seven minutes it, or, or on a normal day or five minutes. I've got to go back to the yeshiva where it's a 12-minute wait. And on, and on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's 15 to 18 or 20 minutes or, of still like, hey, till we're ready to dive in. So isn't that really... That's He's looking for Ruchnius. Okay, where's that ruchnius bechalal? In other words, if you know that that's right, then that's where you should be all the time, right? What do you mean? You can't, uh, it's down the yeshiva the whole year, on the contrary, you're, you were right. The one that down the yeshiva the whole year, that would not be a good thing. Uh, actually, if the, if Shul Berenbaum did not like alumni even coming to learn the yeshiva, if I recall correctly, because he didn't want to have a, a, a dogma of a Baal bus who sits and learns for the Bachrim to emulate. That's what I heard once. But, uh, <laughs> I hear it. I, I hear it. I don't believe that. I think it, it, school, doesn't, it doesn't I sound believe, like it. I, it's been I think about Talmud from Shmuel 
He, anybody that was sitting and learning, he never would bother someone who sat and learned in the base Medrash. I don't know. I don't believe it. But Let's no. say he maybe just didn't encourage it. Anyway, um, uh, no, I don't think the rest of the year of alumnus has to have his own chabura and his own, his own uh, a peer group. And just like the Bacham need to have their own peer group. That's the, Yaman Arayim is the singularity. It's a time to transcend one's normal peer group and go to a place where one can accomplish the most uh, effective kabbana. Uh, again, there are certain people who uh, are shirking responsibility, and you claim that everybody shirks responsibility. I don't agree with that. I think that uh, there are a lot of people who are in shuls who are uh, un not 100% necessary for the shuls at your time, Yom and the Roim. And we see, although it's interesting, that uh, Uman is not, uh, is not um, a unique in the sense that all Hasidim tra uh, traveled to the Rebbe for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. I know Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, right? They don't do, go to Uman, but they go to the Rebbe, wherever the Rebbe is. That's, a big based thing on a, that's based, as you know, as you've given Shurim in this subject, on the mystical um, appreciation. Mystical, mystical. They, they, well, they're there because it's, it's the, Rosh Hashanah is an uplifting time with the Rebbe. Mystical because the Nisham of the Rebbe takes them up okay, that's together. Yeah, okay. That's same the idea. reason, okay? That's the reason. It's, it's the same. It's, they're, not, they're there because they get more Ruchnius. Right. And but okay. so what the Hasidim do it, the Litvaks are not allowed to do it. Obviously, it's something which uh, uh, people get a, a Isaiah from. Yeah. I guess what, what I'm really zeroing in on as well, a third point, is that it's almost like I'm Yoitz and my Frumkite. I went Yom Naroyim. Now I'm going back to my Balabatish. Oh, that's on the house. In other words, you want to say that there are many Nebabatim who feel. Once they went to the Yeshiva of Yom Naroyim, they were the whole year of Ruchnius. Yes, that is the third point. And they all are connected with each other. Um, you really think they're like that? Look, it's a very easy way. Look, we all go through, uh, our Shmon Esrays get longer. Uh, we, we were more idle during Yom Naroyim. This is just an external uh, way for that to happen as well. I go to my Yeshiva and that's where I am. And in a way, the journey, the Mesiras Nefesh of leaving my wife during Yom Kippur, whatever, to go there. So all of that makes it Kedai as if I've done my service and now I, I was Yoitza. They weren't there for Elul. They weren't there for the no, Shuzah. No, I'll turn it back, back on you. I Baruch, Baruch don't have an ounce of Hasidic blood in me. But you, right? You, you, you as, as somebody who's uh, you know, very sympathetic to Hasidim, what about the Hasidim? Do they also only get they say, okay, in Rosh Hashanah, I'm Rosh Hashanah, rest of the year, I don't need to do anything anymore. I would say that many of them actually have big Aveda in their Chesidah Shishtiblach where they were, but it was Eina Doima, in a sense, to what was going on. Uh, in, 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 in because the Shmistical, as you said it before, they're by the Rebbe, they're, there's, there's something happening, there's, the Shamayim and Oretz are touching in a real way through the the incredible tefillis of the tzaddik. And therefore, they are in a way being makabal some of that shefa. But with, with the minyanim that they make... You are actually going with this mahalach, this manhazeh? I would say that the, as someone who has if been... If people go to the Satma Rebbe A or Satma Rebbe B, they're actually getting that tremendous... He's uh, 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 out from the Rebbe's davening, being makashal and shemite. I don't think they believe it either. I hope they don't. <laughs> 
Oh, look, I'm not going to be put on the spot about a specific Rebbe. No, as bad as any. Baba, Baba 45. Every Chazi is not like that now. Okay, look, so the truth is I've been davening. Yeah, now there are two gears too. Okay, I've been davening in a sh- above a 45 Stiebel periodically that's near my house now, uh, not far. And Elizabeth? I, what? In Elizabeth, there's a Baba 45 Stiebel? In Union, the next city over. Yes. Okay. And there's a Baba 48 Stiebel in Linden, which is another city over. So we have, we have Baruch Hashem. There are a lot of Baruch Hashem, and, and the truth is, I can't say that it's on the highest darga, but it's definitely, uh, they are trying to build, but even in their own little shtibach away from the Merkaz, you can tell that it's, it, it's, 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 it's mushrash on, on Avedis Hashem in a stark way. I don't know. <coughs> um, excuse me, I don't want to cast aspersions on a specific shtibach. I'm casting aspersions on the notion that they go to the Rebbe because they feel especially scotchless through the Rebbe to HaKadosh Baruch I think, well, it could be today, and this is a discussion for another Rizcha Daraisa. That's what be... my, my uh, erstwhile colleague, Rabbi Schiller, used to say. They don't really believe in it. They just think it's a skula. I was going to say something similar, which is they are following the Hanhaga that had been set originally with the ideal that the Rebbe was this great Sinor. And therefore, by continuing the Hanhaga... <coughs> In a way, it taps into that holy idea. And the truth is... There's a, there's a story with the original. I'm sure you know the story. Yes, but, we don't know how to what? tell the story anymore. Right. But at least we can go to the... I, tell the story because you'll feel better, better than me. So no, no, there's a lot of different versions of it. Gershon Sholem and Moshe Dale talked about the difference between the two versions. We don't... In other words, the the the, Mag, the Baal knew the story. I'm sorry, the Baal knew how to do the Pu'uva the Baal Shem knew how to do the tikkun, right? Um, and, and, and the Magid knew the place where it could be done, but he wasn't able to do it. And the, we are able, we don't know the place, uh, but at least we can tell the story about what itself has, has happened. And even doing that right. is enough. Right, so that is a general statement about the original said it in his generation. It's certainly true today. Everything is the story of what it once was. But even that story has place to uplift, and I, I, I don't I don't deny the Hasidim that they get uplifted. And I want to tell you that my comedian who went to Uman say it's a life-changing experience, and I I I believe them. But I, and I don't want to I don't feel that we should uh, deprive a Litvak. Misnagate, who actually sincerely believes, and again, maybe they're hypocrites, maybe they just want to get away from their wives, but if he sincerely believes, gets to Yisalus from being in a place where there's a, a masmid and a, an amkin, and they had a kesha with the Rosh Hashiva, maybe, or as well the Rabbein, why would he want to deprive him of that? It's mean. Unf- it, well, you know what? I think Rabbi Sosalanter and, and Rabbi Volbo, who was, uh, spoke about this as well, when something feels so right and it feels like it's the best thing and you, you're, everything tells you how good everything is going and this is Avada, what my Avada Hashem is, that's when you have to start suspecting that maybe at the root of it is your Yetzirah tricking you. And uh, being able to, to have this all-weekend expense where you're treated with big COVID, you're, from the, you're the Balabas, now but you're from the alumni and now you're here, 
all of that is like a it's like an e-ride in Disneyland. You're you're able to get there and it's 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 so it's experiential and you see the other old guy that was there with you. And then as soon as Hashem will, like, I still understand why all this by the Hasidim you really don't do, do, live with. You're not willing to live with my misnagdim. What's the difference? Look, I don't want to be. I, I can only be Malik Kitrug on the people that I know, <laughs> really, <laughs> right? I can only be Malik Kitrug on the, what I have actually seen by a night. And when uh, I see again, is this an act of sitkus or an act of cowardice on your part? Yeah, in, in many ways. Part of it, albeit uh, I guess I wish I had a yeshiva I could go to. You know what I'm saying? Part of it, I guess, there's a little bit of jealousy that is that I'll admit. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I got to go back to my yeshiva. Where? Where are you going? Right? Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> ah, that's. I think that I think you're right, and I think I feel the same way. Right. I wish I had that that surah. Oh, nah, I go back over there. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, right, to me, right. so that, there might be uh, a little bit of sour grapes, uh, I, I'll admit, but you know what, a lot of, and I'll be, I'll be honest, um, uh, when I remember what the Avoida in, in the yeshivas were, uh, and I remember the, the, the Hanhogas and the Tzitarai, and the, and, and even in the Chesidisha places that I went for Yom Naraim as well, I went to Square and other places for Yom Naraim. Um, it, uh, it it definitely still lives with me, and it still is something I could tap into. Uh, one of one of the things that I know you you're not going to be doing it in in Detroit, um, but one of the things I guess that's an exception is when people like me and you who have done it, although we don't do it anymore in the same way, although I do it a little bit, is we become sort of manhigim uh, in. Uh, our own Kehillas. Um Now you were. Uh, how many years were you uh, taking care of, uh, of of your of your show? Five years. Five years. How much did you try to bring from your uh, Hanhoga and Chavas Das and how you in terms of Yom Neroyim? We talk. We the, in Shulchan Aruch it talks about Chazanim not changing. Well, I actually sat down one one you know, after Rosh Hashanah year and laid, made a list of minhagim for the shul. That you, because so, uh, this was a shul that was sort of on its was just beginning to be a, uh, a yeshiva yeah, shul. Right, uh, I don't think that that doesn't exist anymore now. But um, yeah, and uh, I felt uh, I, I, it was obviously I was fooling myself that actually yes, this could be a place where I could have. A long-term impact, um, whatever the reason was, it was not the, not to be. But uh, uh, but um, yeah, I, I feel that when I was uh, in Or Sameach here, when Or Sameach existed, that my presence there in the Royal was a meaningful contribution. Yeah, but, but I, look, again, I, I don't want to open up the wound of your rabbinical career because I'm willing to open up mine, which was, I think, a, as least as, uh, as as ugly of a wound as what you. Oh yeah, forgot about Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, if we talk, I know what I wanted to try to bring a sensibility to Yom and the Rayim there. Um, talk a little bit about here you are, Ben Teira, uh, a person who uh, Ishdas. So, were you successful in implanting as into the shul? Because obviously you couldn't leave. You were the rov. This is when you earned your salary. Was there 
was there things that you inserted into the? Um... It's too long ago, and I doubt it. A, I don't remember. B, I doubt it. I know you've tried to cover it up. I know you probably. If I scratched you enough, it's I'm in sure. My resume. What? It's in my resume. I'm saying the things you tried to alter, the things you tried to change. Yeah. Like one of the things again, I tried to 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 be. I, I tried to do it with Chok. You realize you're not going to be able to. Um, so one of the things, uh, one of the things that I uh, made sure was that they didn't wait for me on on the davening. I did the same thing. Okay, that was one thing. Second thing was, and I didn't want that to happen because that would just be wrong. The second thing was that. By the way, I think it was a mistake you know, uh, in retrospect. Even though I I should have done the shortest molest. If you really want to be successful, look, I don't know if I want to be. Right, you dive in a shortage from this, right? I was wondering, that's saying you have to wait for you because otherwise they lose some of their coming for you. Uh, that's an interesting point to talk about. We'll hear what uh, our listeners think about that. The second thing was, based on my learning, and maybe it was a, a brisker type of thing, was to be makbid on Tkiyas al Seder Brochus, that by the Chazar Sashats, the Oilum should understand that that's when they should be in the show. That that was the part was more important than being there for the nochila lekeil or aleinu. Uh, the important part was to be there. Then, I asked I asked uh, the rabbi when I was having this morning, Rabbi Al Cohen. Uh, I asked him, "How many Baal do you think actually understand slichas? What percentage?" He said to me, zero. Then none of them understand slichas. He said one year. One year he said. He gave a sheer on the topic of mentioning Malachim and Slichus. They didn't said, even realize that it was mentioned. They no, they didn't realize. That. Exactly. They didn't, <laughs> say Rachamim. they didn't even know what they would say. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, for the davening, I, I certainly, I, I, uh, the piyutim, the, the which, which are so, some people are so makbiran, they're meaningless for most people. It's mamish like the visioner. We have no idea what to say, but at least we're saying Slichus. At least we, or at least we can say that we used to say slichos. My yeah. my point is, is that those things I thought were learning opportunity. That brachos, this is the part that you need to listen to. This is the part, and it's easy. The the ten psukim. What I would do is, and I still do it in the shul that I'm sort of the semi rabbi of the svartim. Is I, I I I indicate with my hands the psukim. And I make sure everybody sees number two, number three, and this way the kids and everybody sees that what we're doing it. Um, and I ask. Well, I think I, that I, th- I think next week, Mirtashem Arab Shabbat we can both report in detail on how our Rosh Hashanah went based on our conversation today. Yeah, well, right. And the Shenemar, part of what I, I try to tell them is I tell the Chazan, look, it's not a time for Chazan to say the Pusik correctly. You know, <laughs> uh, may, right? Don't say it quickly. Those were some of the things I tried to change yeah. in terms of and also, I guess, um, the thing that I, I, I don't know if it was successful or not, um, but uh, the idea that the other thing I tried to do was I tried to be uh, institute in my small shul uh, the Hanoga that I saw in Skver, which was that before, uh, right after Kol Nidre, that the Oilam should go binch ein everybody uh, a good yard, that everybody in the shul should speak to everyone else. 
and there should be a sense of vinching eye and, 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 and meaning it. Very nice. Good. So those are the things I thought uh, could work. Uh, I'm not, again, the show, my show is also not in existence anymore. But I think that when we talk about leadership roles, not as a Bella boss, I think both of us would, would whether you in Beth Tzvila or me in Avas uh, Yisrael, whatever it was called, Avas AY uh, in, in, in Houston, I think that when a Ben Toira, so to speak, or a yeshiva man becomes the Rav in one of these types of shuls, I think they also need to think about what they can institute there, uh, what sort of things they're able to do to bring from their rich Yom Neroim experience and try distilling it and hopefully imprinting something that Kataka become from those Minogam. So with that, Rabbi Yosef... One last thing. Uh, you know, years uh, it was with the Raisa all these years allowed us to insult each other in ways which we hadn't done in many years prior. So for all the things which I did, it's it's but nevertheless. I, I, I'm not macabre because if you don't do this, the show has no listeners, right? Yeah. It's all like you have to look. You know, if, if if you start becoming a pussycat, then you know no one's no one cares about. It. Okay, but I, but I, but I would say again, to Vinsterein also to be Chedves Hashem and of course, if you do know people who who need stuff, although I know by the Litvisha they don't invite people Rosh Hashanah. I know that um, I, I saw this week by Revolvo that he said that um, that there was one year that um, he was by Ravi Ruchim for Rosh Hashanah and Ravi Ruchim's minag was not to talk Bechlal at the Sudas. There was a Suda, but he mamashed like a tiny Dibur, Kefir One year he was Mavater on that minag and he spoke quite a bit at the meals. The reason was was because Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank sent his daughter to Yeshiva because Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank's son was learning in the mirror. So he sent his daughter, the, the Bochar sister, to come to the yeshiva and like talk to him and give him some chizik and find out how he's doing. So she ate. Where did she eat? She ate with the Bashkiach. She ate with Rav Yeruchim. Rav Yeruchim kept on talking. Not He made her feel at home and he spoke about Yerushalayim and he spoke about this, things that he usually never spoke about because he says, look, if you have somebody here, you have to, you have to understand the Zulas. They're not going to understand this minig. This girl is sitting there at the table. She doesn't understand that the head of the table is being, a, is being you know, like, like is in this minig. So he understood what he needed to do, which of course tells you uh, the type of menshulakite you have to have at your suda. Of course, along with that menshlikite, you should also, if you are uh, predisposed and you want to have, of course, a reish keves, you should have it. But along with that, with the with the chiyav boser, you can also, of course, make sure to get the most incredible kosher provisions that are available on the market. Which of Yichu course, yes, right, I, I can tell you, it makes a great Rosh Hashanah gift as well. Of course, I'm talking about the A&H family of incredible products. Right now, you'll find, although it's not a good color for Yemei Adin, you're going to find Mamish 
a red, a, a bright red package of their chicken franks, which they have developed with the with, with mamish uh, in their laboratories. It's been taste tested. It, it, it's, it has a, a real time, especially for those who want to be mamayat on red meat. There are chicken franks of all different flavors. There's sweet Italian and others coming. You'll notice it in the bright red package of A&H. So they can definitely be moistive to your, uh, according to the shitas that hold, and we pass them that way, that of course, like the Simchas Rosh Hashanah, uh, to, to try to see that if you're able to get that. Take care, my friends. A good Gibbet Shorak, We'll be back here, Shabbos Shuvah, uh, with our white gloves on. Uh, in the most idle fashion possible. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> a, a good adventure. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.